0: I always think that if you can sort of show a, a peek behind the curtain and sort of drop the facade for a moment that's where you can build real relationships friendships new clients all that sort of stuff from go it's business
1: knobs why is it called business knobs you might ask well there might well be a few knobs on the podcast me being one of them but what it stands for is business no bullshit This podcast series is all about the trials, tribulations, and occasional successes of starting and growing a business without the Hollywood filter. I'm Eddie Whittingham, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Scott Millwood to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of personal branding. There's no denying that personal branding can be a powerful tool when it comes to growing a business, but by the same token, there's also
0: a lot you can do wrong. The trick is being authentic. People are like oh you must be making loads of money and it's like well the business has some money it, it, yeah i don't yeah like yes and and i think that is that is often the misconception is that if your business is growing or or becoming more successful that you have more money it's like well, no because if you take the cash you sort of correct choke the fire
1: scott is the founder of voir agency a manchester-based content marketing agency he knows firsthand what it's like to build a personal brand, especially as his own personal brand eclipsed the former employer he was working at, prompting Scott to set up his own agency in the first place.
0: My personal branding sort of journey process, whatever you want to call it, probably started about three years ago. Um, I started creating content um, on the platform in order to drive recruitment leads. Yeah, um, I just the business was arguing about how to brand itself and how they wanted to be perceived. And whilst they were arguing, I thought, I'll just get myself noticed and it worked. And my personal brand grew quicker than the business brand. And we started diverting leads from me to the business rather than the other way around. And I thought there's something in this. And also it was a bit before people started realizing that LinkedIn was really a place for, for content. And now people are realizing that you can create great content on the platform and intertwine content with business with building relationships and yeah i think it's just going to continue to grow yeah and it's a it's such a i mean linkedin is such a
1: good pra- platform isn't it for organic sales In it like you definitely where you're going to get the same reach from to an yeah. audience of potential buyers it's it's bonkers
0: yeah and i think that the great thing about it is that you can build an inbound pipeline yeah and you can do that over time by building relationships, creating consistent content that people engage with. And if you do that, people will constantly be asking you questions. More questions, the more relationships, the more leads, the more good stuff that you get. And, you know, that doesn't stop when you stop with your budget, because there is no budget. It's just your consistency to continue doing it. It's time is the budget
1: there, isn't it? So you actually, so you were a recruiter working for a recruitment company, and then literally because of
0: your own work, you we're just winning all the work. Yeah. So I was marketing director for um a recruitment business. And um yeah, we were finding we were getting a lot of relationships, lots of intros and business in in the way that we wanted. And you know, these were quite, you know, six figure contracts we were trying to win. So I found that you couldn't do sort of a spray and pray digital marketing approach to those sort of things. They're always relationship led. So I didn't really know much about recruitment when I joined the business. Um so I just thought, well, let's try and build some relationships, and then divert the conversation to people who actually know about what this is, uh, and that's what I did. And I think it's, yeah, it was interesting how it all played out, really. And then that sort of spurred you on to actually set up your own, Pre- presumably because you,
1: yeah. you, could literally see, well, you know, I'm I'm earning the business X amount of leads, yeah, and, and why not do it myself? And
0: also, one of the things was that I was a marketer talking about recruitment consistently. And I thought if I was a marketer that talked about marketing, that would probably convert (laughs) better. Yeah. Um, and also um I think it was a logical step to move into selling a service that I was already delivering for myself. Yes. Um, so when I launched uh sort of six months ago, I think it was May, um people were interested because I'd already had a good few years of track record of of doing it.
1: I first came across your profile, to be fair, it was probably six months ago. It was one of your early posts about the fact you were starting out. And I think the reason why I was interested by what you were saying was because you were talking about personal branding, you were starting a personal branding company, but you weren't posting shit. <laughs> and, I, and I say that in the greatest respect because there's a lot of content on LinkedIn under the personal branding umbrella, which is
0: it's just mass clickbait, really. It's sort of the Oleg, Oleg stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with the Oleg sort of, quotes and agree posts and all that sort of stuff you know that stuff works a lot better if you already have an audience yes um I th- the great thing with linkedin is that it's it's a massive leveler so if you have a thousand followers or fifteen thousand followers if your content's not good it will still perform the same yeah so if you create good content you have a chance for that to push to your second and third degree connections to do well all that sort of stuff but if the content's not good it won't perform well and it yeah. doesn't matter how long you've been doing it so i've just always tried to do the quantity over quality thing yeah Uh, people have always told me to post more but i just don't have time you know running a business or having a having a sort of important job to a degree like you can't spend three four hours a day on the platform it's just not possible for most people one of the things that you post a lot about is
1: i guess the the realities the harsh realities of sort of starting your own business yeah so what why do you do that and not post agree and all that sort of bull- bullshit? Unpopular opinion, the sky is blue. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it just comes down to personality. Like I have like three values, honesty, integrity, and creativity. So I try to try and weave those into my content. And, you know, sometimes all three of them can get me into trouble where I'll sort of overstep the mark and maybe yeah. take too much of one side. Um, but in terms of just sort of talking about the things which aren't so great, I've talked extensively about uh, about mental health and anxiety and imposter syndrome and all those sort of things. Um, I post about it because it's you know it's quite cathartic. it helps you sort of get over the problems. I did a post recently talking about six month reality of running a business and you know sixty percent of it was pretty tough yeah. um, and you know there's a little bit of success in there um, but ultimately I think people want relatable content which you can actually build relationships from you know if you if you walk in and say, I've got a ten million EBITDA business. Everyone's going to go great. Good for you.
1: Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. So don't care. I think what I see, particularly on LinkedIn,
1: is there's almost like two audiences, and you you, you might think I'm talking shit, here, so please tell me if I am. But like I see, you've got sort of the mass market audience who lap up the clickbaity stuff, but then you've got i guess the sensible audience who w- would respond to the mm-hmm. to the good content that's going on because i think yeah. a lot of the really good content is made by the smaller creators and yeah. unfortunately the bigger accounts a lot of them not all of them there's some really good big accounts but a lot
0: of them do post just the, the kind of clickbait crap i mean yeah sometimes i think with with the smaller accounts that's the great thing and i think it's why people are interested in personal branding is because it seems accessible it's yeah. like i'm one that's post true. away from being <laughs> yeah. in the market right and i think that yeah it's just actually getting over the hurdle of starting to create content there's a lot of people who with your with your own feed the more content you engage with the more bespoke your feed becomes and if you don't engage with lots of content and really sort of build relationships you just get shown influencer led content because yeah. they think that that's what will keep you on the platform so you end up sort of seeing a wash of the same sort of stuff so it's sort of down to you in terms of your own feed as to what you see. The more you engage with the more that you'll show, Yeah, they'll you show you. you,
1: and you can mute the shit you don't want to see. You can it's block us. people you really just, dis- you know, to to like to to harness it into to what you need it to be. I post a. Like a weekly content roundup, yeah. Most weeks, and it's normally just a tongue-in-cheek, satirical look on the post. Now, the problem I've got is because I interact with loads of those posts. Yeah, yeah, My feed is full of shit. Yeah, yeah. So I've kind of made a rod from my own back now. Yeah, I always
0: find that funny when I did posts that people hate it, <laughs> and they're, they're engaging. Yeah, I know. they keep seeing my content. You're just every gonna week. see, and yeah. You like, don't like me, sorry. You're just gonna see more of me now. Yeah, that's quite fun. <laughs> um But yeah, it's it's a, it's a great leveler. The platform. It's not about how many followers you have. It's about the quality of your content. And the relationships you can build from that content. So I think it's interesting to everyone. I think the people that really get it are the ones that think, how can this help my business rather than yes. how can I get views and likes and, and notoriety? Like I'm a very introverted person. I really don't like the spotlight, even though we're sat on a podcast here yeah. today. Um, Under a spotlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um But I just want to build a good business yeah. and help people with their problems. And I think that's a good point, actually, because that's
1: the two ways it can go isn't it You people will do personal branding because they want the dopamine hit of a thousand yeah. likes and then those that use it to build a business because when i had yeah. the defense works before i sold it um in fact it was at the point of rebranding from my pretty shit business to the defense works and i invested in like the whole idea of personal branding mm-hmm. and i used like my own natural tone of voice to try and push the brand a bit more and try and speak in a way that people weren't speaking, which was the way I spoke anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that, and I used it to build the business and it helped massively. Like, It was the best thing I ever did in many respects for that business and probably why it went on to do all right because I could talk and get some attention that, you know, if you're just talking like a traditional business guy or what yeah, yeah. LinkedIn used to
0: be five years ago, you're just going to get nowhere. I always write how I speak. Yeah. And I sort of encourage other people to do that. Often, obviously, people speak in a different way. So yeah. it, it translates your writing. But um, I'm massively dyslexic. So I'll write sentences the wrong way around and ideas will come out in weird ways. But it sort of meant like sort of break through the sort of traditional writing barriers uh, in communication so that yeah, you sort of get to the crux of what people actually want to see rather than over-explaining. I'm currently writing copy for my new website. I'm like, uh, should I really be writing things like it, this? It, yeah. Or surely I should be writing my bio a bit different. But, you know, it's got to reflect you as an individual and a business. And, yeah, getting the tone of voice uh, is always crucial. I mean, with all of my clients, we do sort of weekly, bi-monthly calls and when i send the content back to them they're like oh this sounds exactly like what i would say that's i'm like well, the, that's the point of i'm it. like well you did say it i've just presented it back to you in a better way so um, that that'll
1: be quite an interesting thing just to talk about in terms of a lot of people might not fully understand how for example you know you would work as a personal branding sort of expert for them yeah it's not writing their content for them per se is it that that's no. not what it I'm sh- i mean that's what happens with oleg i'm sure yeah, yeah but you know what what's your process how how can you help people what's
0: yeah so I, I always because if you ask a business owner go what do you want to talk about they'll go oh i've got nothing to talk about and they they get all flustered yeah i have a call once a week once every two weeks with all my clients and we have sort of i call it like a brain dump session yeah and we just chat you know, I'll be sat there with my Adele songbook, you know, <laughs> writing down all, yeah. all their all their new um, new ideas. And it will just be things that they're talking about. I'm like, how was your week? What's going on in the business? What have you thought about? And we'll try we're trying to find sort of somewhat emotive things which other people could relate to. It's relatability. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to take maybe a situation they've been in or something that's happened and relate it to business or to their audience or something like that. And that you can always relate something to something. So um that's that's the goal. But the the best thing is that it's content that they want to produce, but they wouldn't know how to put it into that box. Yeah. So yeah, extracting it effectively and then yeah. putting it to use. The the great thing about about it is that you know, I find that as I work with clients more, we sort of have like a really close relationship by the end of it. Because you know, people are telling me sort of a lot sometimes deep dark secrets <laughs> yeah. and things like that. I mean, I, I remember I wrote a post um a few months ago about my uh one of my clients uh had a newborn son and how having a child changes perspective on business so and i'm like true. i don't have any children so how can i relate to that but it's sort of trying to understand the person and what they're trying to trying to say so it's it's interesting that you speak to a complete variety of people
1: yeah i, I probably should uh, do a post about my four hours sleep last night from as a result of my new sure parents will relate. yeah absolutely They absolutely will, and and that's and I think that's the key to personal branding being Mm. good rather than being shit is making it relatable, because you know we're we're all human at the end of the day, and I've built some amazing like friendships through Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Truth be told, yeah, people that I met on the podcast, and then you just keep in touch with, and I don't know, it's it's a strange place that you you make quite good connections with, and people are genuine if your content's
0: genuine. I always think that if you can sort of show a, a peek behind the curtain yeah. and sort of drop the facade for a moment, that's where you can build real relationships, friendships, new clients, all that sort of stuff. And if you can do that, you know, the, the best inquiries I get are always from people who said, I saw you said about something like this or uh, some failure or something like that. And they've gone, I can relate to that. Can you help me? And it's like, that's the best thing. Yeah. Because you've actually winning business by being honest that's a cool feeling yeah and being yourself like
1: that's the thing because i when i started this podcast that was kind of the point it's like i'm fed up of seeing all the the bullshit about how glamorous it is how easy it is yeah like let's just be honest and like hopefully help people by them realizing that they're not alone
0: and it it is shit it is hard it's going to take ages because that that's unfortunately the reality of it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like this is my second business as sort of a semi-successful, semi-failure startup what clothing brand. Oh, clothing brand. Um yeah. yeah. So I thought if I slap a logo on something and chuck it in a bag to some influencers, <laughs> I'm so tell me make... about this then. How how did that come about and what what went well, what, what didn't, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I had an idea for a French men's fashion brand because uh, I had an ex-girlfriend in French and I saw, saw all the fashion there. Ten years new link. And it was, <laughs> and it, was uh, it was very different to the six silk type, you yeah. know, 11 degrees stuff that I was seeing at the time. And I thought, I could do this. So six months before graduation, I sort of started in sort of a, an enterprise program with my university. And I got a grant which helped me start the business and I turned down my grad job to go and do it. Oh, shit. Which, sure. which was, you know, a 35K grad job to go and do this. And I was like... Okay, this is, Pretty bold, though. Eh? Yeah, well, I thought... It is at that stage, though, isn't it? Well, it, it seems it. But, you know, my perspective was, I'm a skint student. If this fails, yeah, I'll I'm be a skint graduate. Yeah, so yeah, I exactly. thought, like, might as well. And I worked in um, clubs and bars for, you know, a year, 18 months, uh, sort of five nights a week, and then five, six days a week, I worked on the business. And terrible business to be in, because every single collection, you have to reinvest the money back yeah. into more stock and... You know, I'll I'd, I'd be spending money up front on stock and taxes and shipping, and then I'll be giving away a quarter, a third of my product to influencers to grow the reach and the sales. And it was like, it was just like a big rabbit wheel that just sort of kept. Well, Yeah, because you've got so much money locked up in stock all the time. And it was like, okay, so all the white t-shirts are sold and all the black ones didn't. Why is that? Yeah. Like, and it was just, yeah, it was quite a stressful business to be in. But yeah, I did that. And I sort of, that's really where I learned how to do marketing, to be honest, because- a lot of pressure when it's your money on the line you've got to work out how to solve the problem. Um I did a business degree and that didn't really teach me much about business. So no. I sort of had to uh had to work it out on my own. I left that uh, and then uh went in sort of like social media consulting and slowly moved into sort of B2B because I realized I liked con- uh, creating content and doing marketing which was like relationship led rather than conversions and you know looking at your Facebook ads manager every day like it did, that didn't really interest me.
1: I always like to hear that people have kind of had a business that's failed and not in a nasty way but i think it helps you realize what you do and don't Mm -hmm. want from a business as well yeah because you know just because you fail at one doesn't mean you'll be successful another yeah and vice versa um you know i I did alright my first one don't mean any of my future ventures are going to be any good yeah but the learning
0: bit is the fun bit isn't it yeah definitely i mean i i went through this enterprise program which I had a mentor and they pulled me through the program and all this sort of stuff. And I went back and I started mentoring students that were a year behind me in their process. Yeah. And I sent them, I was like, would you do this idea for free for a year, 18 months, no income? And if it was a complete failure, keep doing it for another, another six, two, three years, yeah, six yeah. two months, whatever. And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, don't start then. Yeah. Because it, it's just like that. Um, I that mean, that's I think, really good advice. And, you know... I, told, I think it's all about ninety percent of people not to try their idea because they, it was just an idea and it was on a whim. And I was like, you can't. You if you don't believe in it, I see that so
1: much. much of that, and that, and it makes me a bit sad because you see them that, and they've actually got like an idea that actually could
0: work. Yeah, yeah, but they're not actually that committed to it. Yeah, and, and it could I, work, but it won't work because they could, won't correct work to the degree. So actually, if someone
1: else had that idea, it might work. Yeah, yeah, but like, because I look back and I think, shit, when I was building the defence works.
0: Like I
1: was all in, yeah. like all in time-wise, financially didn't have a choice really because back was against the wall. And it was like, I had to make it work. And yeah. that's very, very different proposition to someone who's got, I've got this idea, right? And it's like, yeah, you're not committed. And I
0: always like, you know, people say, oh, maybe, you know, save up six months salary before leaving your job and then start or whatever. And it's almost like, you need that pressure sometimes to actually agree. To actually take the jump. So, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I got made redundant from my job after being on, you know, furlough, flexi-furlough, all that sort of stuff. And it was like, I've got two choices now. I can either go and get another job, which can be pretty tough during COVID and furlough periods and all that sort of stuff. Or I can just start the business that I wanted to start for a long time, but I haven't because it's difficult to leave you know uh a good a good, pay, a good yeah. paycheck and a you know a safe career Very. to go and start something which you have no idea w- whether it will work and sometimes you just need you know, you know the phrase it's like a life happening for you yeah yeah and it's like oh, yeah it's frustrating i think but, i had a similar moment with the defense works and it was kind of um i
1: knew i didn't want to be in law anymore i applied on a whim to join an accelerator program which was the natwest one yeah um and i got accepted and it was over a weekend I've, i think i've mentioned this on the podcast before so apologies to anyone who's already heard this but i had a very quick decision to make mm-hmm. I, I think i had the weekend to make the decision effectively because i had like however many weeks or months notice period to give in but it kind of forced my hand a bit because yeah. i was kind of like well i'm getting some office space i'm getting a bit of mentoring which at the time obviously felt like yeah, a yeah. huge huge deal yeah yeah and was a huge deal um so I'm not going to get this opportunity again. So yeah. either I suck it up and I carry on him as a lawyer for the rest of my life and moan about it,
0: yeah, or I fucking do it. Yeah, I I always like the phrase. It's talking where you, you say I'd rather fail at the thing that I want to succeed at than succeed at the thing I don't want to succeed yeah. at. And I think that you know it's good advice because you can sort of pursue careers and be successful in a career that you don't actually want. To, you don't really want. You want obviously the money. I get that but you don't chase you know the worst things. is regret and not trying the thing that you want like i've got a failed fashion brand it was great i really enjoyed yeah, it. it do you it know what great. i mean yeah but you like, had fun doing it and you probably also learned
1: yeah. so much that
0: now helps you and that's the thing yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, I could have taken a grad job and it would have been fine but i'd been i'd have had a scratch that in itch yeah and that and would you been, uh, well and, and also you might have been starting that fashion brand now yeah that's right and true. then you'd have been however many years behind Had as be, well been behind the curve I was like, yeah yeah true yeah. i think i was like 18 months behind the curve then anyway. <laughs> yeah that's the danger but yeah um yeah like obviously timing and stuff has a lot to do with it Massive. but i think um you know unfortunate position i don't have kids and sort of like family and stuff like that yet so you can sort of take sort of perceive bigger risks agreed and and i think it there's different points in your
1: life when it becomes harder yeah and easier and and i started my business when i didn't have kids and it yeah you know play, oh, could i do it now i've got two kids now yeah could i do it now maybe but it's a lot harder like getting out of the house in the morning yeah. now is a genuine mission like yeah. a genuine mission whereas back then i could be like to my missus right i'm off i've got to get to the office for half six yeah, yeah. i just you know get in and get my head down yeah whereas you
0: know all the priorities now so it does Definitely, there are times in life when it's easier. Yeah, and I think that you know there's a lack of context and empathy towards entrepreneurship in that not everyone can just quit their job and go and start that business that they want to do because you know people have mortgages and bills and all that sort of stuff and like we all do. But you know sometimes you just got to sort of look at the bigger picture as to what's possible. Maybe if you can't do it today, maybe in eighteen months' time, save up that money, um, do what you need to do, and then you can do it. And then sometimes though that leads into that thing we mentioned
1: earlier about actually the commitment to it though because yeah. people say they're going to do those things but actually deep down they're yeah. not really committed like you've got a you've got a nice car and take well get rid of that you yeah. don't need that you can save yourself
0: 300 quid a month there yeah, yeah yeah and that's a lot of money when you're starting out oh yeah um so my last 6 months starting the business has been like so humbling yeah. like i didn't have any money before i had money and now i don't have any money again. <laughs> and um like my, you know you I've, thought you were poor before yeah and <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> um, like like as long as my bills get paid correct i'm pretty happy i, um, I don't you don't I, I don't i don't need lunches at the ivy in designer clothes it doesn't really make my I, life any better i think
1: people would be surprised at how little they need yeah we um my wife and i so my wife's a teacher mm-hmm. when we quit Oh, when I quit my job and started the business, we just lived solely off her wage. Yeah. Like a teacher's wage is not massive. Yeah, I think yeah. She was on twenty nine at the time or something like that. Yeah, so a decent wage, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like for two people, we had a mortgage at that time as well. Yeah. So I think we had like a two hundred grand mortgage. So it's like we weren't without. Yeah. Money problems, but we just were like extremely frugal. We yeah. we bought a house. We couldn't really afford to do it up. We had fucking newspapers up at the windows because yeah. we couldn't afford curtains we had and i think we had newspaper at the windows for nearly six months it was like a joke yeah. um but we weren't asked because we we could just get by on yeah. the salary and it could pay the mortgage it could pay the bills we had a car that yeah, just yeah. kept surviving enough and the, yeah, you know the repair you bills could, you couldn't get rid of it yeah <laughs> the, the repair bills were only ever like 80 yeah. 90 100 pounds so we could
0: just kind of get by yeah um but i don't know how many people are actually willing to do that yeah is a reality yeah so like when i start so when i left my job and started the business you know my take-home pay probably went down 40 50 60 something like that and the launch of my business in the first three months was like really successful like everyone wanted to work for me i was like wow what do i do now people are like oh you must be making loads of money it's like the business has some money yeah i don't yeah like yes and and i think that is that is often the misconception is that if your business is growing or or becoming more successful that you have more money it's like well no because if you take the cash you sort of correct choke the fire and you can't you can't grow how you want to so you know i'm quite happy to earn you know 18 grand a year or whatever it is to yeah you're betting on your future effectively yeah exactly and you know for me having another 20 30 grand a year isn't really gonna you know make pay for another holiday and a few more things, but it doesn't really change my life.
1: I think sometimes that's the differentiator between those who are like maybe super committed to it. Sometimes you need to take money out of the business because of your personal yeah. financial. Of course you do. But other times people are quite happy milking that money straight out of the business and yeah. living the lifestyle. Yeah. Which is okay. That's your personal choice. But yeah. by doing that, like you say, you are choking that fire and you're yeah. gonna
0: lessen your chances of making a bigger splash in the long run well i think i think people when they start especially service businesses make a decision as to whether it's a lifestyle business or whether it's you know a scale and grow business because you know you could you know i'm going from this is a job to it's a well-paid job or to now we can try and make this business um because you can quite happily stay in a well-paid job scenario you know coffee's on the company card and all that sort of stuff and have a really good lifestyle with it and yeah. you know that's fine and a lot of people do that but if you want to scale and grow it employ people and I don't, I don't yeah. know about you but the, the decision making process is an interesting one because I remember like first hire
1: second hire third eye. every time I got to the pipeline I was like I think we could hire here yeah it was a case of looking at the books and going right you know there's 20-30 grand there yeah I could obviously it wasn't there but it was coming in the pipeline yeah yeah I could take that money out and have a great holiday yeah or do what you know do something with it's it. he's betting on the future isn't it of course it's, it's going to be a good investment yeah or i could leave that money and hire someone and take the team to six of us or seven
0: of us or eight of us and hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like
1: shit i've got like 10 people <laughs> and it's costing
0: yeah a hell of a lot it's, of money there's also a balance though in the in, in the vanity metrics of it yeah like my business right now is me and you know i could have hired people three four months ago but i thought you know i need to work the business out first. Uh, hopefully in sort of the new year might yeah sort of take on a couple of people where sort of you know they can help me create content and sort of manage my diary and tell me what to do and like that'd be great but it's also like you need a bit of time to learn your business but also um, don't you know get fancy offices and hire too many staff just to push the perception of success you know the success is in the successes of your clients not in your business being perceived as being bigger and more credible but there's so much of that like okay we well, short termism isn't it yeah and for me like i've got a goal of in the next five years to build a great business and you know five years is a decent amount of time whereas you know three months six months 12 months like they come around fairly quick so you know don't you don't you don't need to push your ego no you on don't these things
1: well no, I, you know we're, we're we, we built a business in a pretty modest office yeah uh, it wasn't a city centre office. It was very cheap by comparison, but I built, you know, multi million pound company. Yeah, and it's like that's cool. Yeah, and like, I, I kind of like yeah. love that. And the joke, you know, the staff liked it because they like sod paying ten pound a day parking and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, I'm sure we, there's no decent bars near it. But um, yeah. I don't know. There's there's definitely a bit of vanity that people get too too involved in, and it, it and that, yeah. and I think that's part of the entrepreneurial... Entrepreneurial journey in a way because I don't know. You feel like everyone's always asking you, How are you doing? Yeah. You've yeah, found yeah. this since you started the business, How's business? Yeah. And like, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not great. <laughs> <laughs> you, no pe- one wants to say that. But pe- people like, I like, one of my values is honesty. And yeah. like, when people ask me, I'm like, no, last three months have been pretty shit. Yeah. They're like, Oh, yeah. You are all right? Yeah, I'm okay like i was sort of expecting this to happen but it's sort of like i always like like the idea of you know your accountant doesn't do your books week to week month to month they do it over a 12 18 Correct. month period because there's enough to like look at and it's the same with building a business that you need a longer period of time to actually quantify what's going on and you know you can have a shit week a shit month but you know if you add them all up i look back the last 6 months i'm like it have gone pretty well yeah and that but the first three months were great. And the last three months have been pretty tough. Yeah. But you add it all together and it's been right. Yeah. And so that,
1: it's, that, it's that taking a step back and having that overall view of it, isn't it? Of progress. And yeah. whether that's, you know, you pre-launch and you've made really good progress or you've launched. And yeah, it maybe hasn't gone to plan, but you've had a good month there. So actually it spreads it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and I say this probably on every single podcast podcast. Uh, either my own or ones that I go
0: on, it takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm in the process at the minute where I'm trying to build up my bank of case studies for clients. Yeah. And, you know, I'm giving discounts to clients, which I shouldn't really give them the discounts, but like, it might be so, like the, the lowest paying client is the one I want to work with most. And I know that they could be the best, they could be the best case study for me. And it's like that amazing case study is going to be more important for my business than a bigger paying client. Yeah, because I suppose in your game, if you get, one which goes like bonkers
1: you you cracked it on you in a way yeah and
0: it's just seeing that potential in people and in the in the businesses as well that they could tell a good story
1: and it's doing the things in those early stages that aren't scalable yeah i think too many people and i i've been of this is where you try and set up a business to be scalable from day one. It's like don't yeah. do that. Do the shit that no one else can do. Don't yeah. do the things that the big companies are doing because they're crap. Yeah, you've got to do the things that get you noticed. Yeah, and so you, you know, you kind of cherry picking a few people that
0: you don't have to do the rates you're doing, but yeah, it's going to get you. So it's also it's like, worth it. You know, I don't want to not work with a startup who you know, like me, probably doesn't have a huge budget, mm-hmm. but I know that this would be a great thing for their business, and if we can do it for six months probably going to have a chance that's going to be successful. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it's choosing your battles. But ultimately, if you're, if you're a business owner, you get to make that choice, don't you? Of course I do. And I think that's quite cool. And it's also your choice to turn down business. I've turned down quite a lot of business from people who have come in and said, right, so we want to do branding for three months. We want to pay you stupid amount of money, but we want this much. You know, what's the ROI on this? And it's like, we don't build brand over six weeks, do you? No. You know, it takes time. Like, well, and that'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Because they're going to give you the money, which is
1: great. Yeah, which we, is all great. Like that. yeah we all yeah. like some money. But then they're going to come back in six months or three months and complain and say, it not worked.
0: Yeah, and so I just can't, I just can't deal with that. I don't like the confrontation. I don't like the stress and pressure of it all. I'd rather just work with people that sort of get it from the get-go as to what the expectations are. You know, when I have my deck and I speak to prospects, I have like two, three slides which are just, my expectations and what your expectations should be so that when we start you know that they're on the same page and it seems to work um but yeah it's a process definitely but yeah it's it's trying to trying to manage expectations from day one is is crucial but you know if you if you sell the dream and in three months time you're just burning bridges your reputation will get burned and you know that's going to affect your business long term and i just don't want that um in in terms of Pressures and anxieties and stuff like that. I'm someone that's struggled with sort of anxiety and all that sort of stuff for for quite a long time. And I work with a life coach who's amazing, and it's a lot of business advice and manifesting and all that sort of stuff. If you believe in those things, but a lot of that is leads into how I work every day and the sort of clients I work with and sort of business I do. In that, you know, I don't want to be anxious whether you know I'm being perceived in the right way, and you know that's that's been one of the struggles for the first six months of business it's like do people actually like this is it working do people want to work with me you know am i doing the right work am i approaching it in the right way and you have all these insecurities and doubts and i like to try and share those as much as possible not because my life is terrible or whatever (laughs) but it's relatable and people everyone else is going
1: through it exactly
0: yeah so i don't know do you find it easier running
1: your own business from an anxiety point of view versus being an employee
0: i think it has different challenges i don't think one is necessarily better than the other i think there becomes a lot more pressure and challenges with running your own business than being employed however you do have you know that locus of control yeah to a degree like i can (laughs) sort of make my own decisions whereas if i'm employed you know there's not you know my boss could tell me we're not doing that project we're not working with that client or you know you're sacked like do you know what i mean whereas if you know i can work with clients over a longer period of time i can make my own decisions obviously there's different challenges there's pressures and all that sort of stuff but i think there's a lot to be said
1: for having
0: control yeah um,
1: I, I think i found it quite mentally freeing hmm. that if i wanted at 10 a.m to go and have a coffee or go watch a yeah. movie i could never did yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the fact i could made
0: all the difference i i, I talked about this before it was sort of like business FOMO and they're yeah. like oh so you know you work for yourself you come meet me for a drink at three o'clock and I'm like well I could but what about like the FOMO of missing out on something like, <laughs> Yeah, you know I, I remember I took um took my dog for like a two-hour walk the other week in the middle of the day and I was like oh what should I should be doing something else for the business because it's the guilt in it yeah and it's like guilt I'm like oh shit like when it gets to like 5 30 you know I'm like okay well, you know I could probably log off yeah. but I, and that's
1: real that because I but I used to have that the weekends and stuff and it, it yeah. got quite negative at one point yeah. with you know for me personally because I was because the business you know was growing very slowly in the mm. early stages as
0: most businesses do people are always saying how's yeah. business not, yeah, yeah. not great I think you, you always think that more hours and more time will improve things and I don't think it necessarily no, does I agree um, like my partner's always shouting at me telling me to Come out of the office and chill because I'll at the moment, my day is quite busy during the day, so a lot of the content I create is in the evenings, yeah, so I sat at my computer at ten, eleven, twelve o'clock at night writing content, and you know I do enjoy it, but it can get draining if you do if you do it too much too yeah. often um so you sometimes have to set your own boundaries and it's the classic phrase of the old busy fall you know there's plenty of weekends where i probably sat there yeah. for like eight hours and didn't really do it and i'd have been better just going out and having a good time yeah definitely like i i don't create content over the weekend i don't post the weekends yeah, i on. don't tell any of my clients to and yeah like there's the argument that you know it probably help and it would improve things but you know but at what cost at what cost you got to switch off at some point right yeah um you know business and working life is hectic you might as well have a life as well
1: so obviously you're still in the startup phase yeah what's next what what do you want to do with it because this is always a really interesting question i think when i ask people because like people do have lifestyle businesses people do have massive
0: aspirations or you know medium aspirations or whatever it might be yeah well i sort of i definitely want to scale the business like for me i've had you can I could have a lifestyle job where I'm employed and earn yeah. good money. So I don't think it makes sense for me to try and do that as a business. For me, I'd want to scale it, employ people, and sort of take my time away from maybe just creating the content and actually, you know, directing the business forward and sort of pushing pushing that forward. So that's sort of the next stage for me. You know, hopefully in the new year can be hiring some people and sort of scaling out the capabilities so that my time is used. More efficiently, you know. I want to build the business over, you know, next three to five years, and hopefully take it to a place where, you know, I can either exit or, you know, move it on in some way, and not because I think that the thing with business is that we will have like chapters in our lives, yeah. And I think that sometimes you can, you can stay in one chapter for too long. Like I always get concerned when I hear people, "I've been here for fifteen years." It's like you're still here. Like you can only climb a the corporate ladder so much and i think that
1: depends on your personality type because i think some people are happy doing that mm-hmm. aren't they i am not of the personality type where i could have started my business and been doing it for 20 years like yeah i'd be bored to tears
0: truth be told also there's the fatigue of it yeah because you've got the fatigue of doing something for so long even if it's successful you know you could take a business from naught to 20 mil and that could take you 20 years or you could take it naught to four mil and it'd take you five years yeah like what's more fulfilling i don't know like it's, it's for the individual to decide, but yeah, you can get pretty drawn out and drained running a business for a long, long time.
1: I agree. And I think that's what made me kind of change my attitude towards scaling a business. Cause I'd started out and it was a service-based business originally. And it, I think I really struggled with the idea of like, oh, right. I was super excited about starting a business. Yeah. Now I started a business. Yeah. I don't really know what I want to do. Like, yeah. do I want to do this forever? Like, yeah, this is better than a job, but it is—I've just made a job. Yeah, that's you've, all I've you've done. You created your own, um, so it's kind of like, well, I don't know where I want to go next, and that—that's when I started to look at making it scalable. Yeah, um, and I, and I
0: really enjoyed that journey from a yeah. lifestyle to that scale. I think business. that's that's the fun bit—is sort of building the foundations to create a job for other people and to create the yeah. environment where other people can do well and create a business which provides a great service that you don't necessarily have to be providing that all day maybe just overlooking it making sure the client's happy making sure the business is going in the right direction there's excitement in doing that whereas a bit a a job won't give you that same fulfillment no and i
1: think i I always i got a lot out of you know
0: seeing people progress in the
1: in their jobs yeah and taking on a slightly different role to the day-to-day kind of i guess the admin that i had done when i first started that made a big difference to my own kind of happiness and where i wanted it to get to as well
0: yeah well like the gr- greatest fulfillment is in helping other people right that's why th- philanthropy is so popular because rich people like to give their money away because it makes them feel good like obviously helping the causes is great but that's really why they do it and yeah and i think that managing people and building teams and all that sort of stuff the reason why people want to be managers and all that sort of stuff because oh deep down they want to help people in their careers you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that all managers are bad people. They want to help people in their careers and sort of make them better people. You know, I'm excited to sort of employ people and sort of help them in their careers because especially in the space I'm in with personal and business branding, I know that if someone will work for me, like I'm going to help them in their career Yeah, massively. because I'm going to put them on, help put them on the map and help them work out how to explain their own stories. Like I see a lot of people on LinkedIn who are like students and um, young people starting out as grads and... I'm like just talk about what's going on with you because yeah. that's so relatable no one talks about it if you're 55 and a successful white male like, it's not really that relatable people don't really care no whereas if you're 18 and you've just done a really cool internship yeah people want to cool. hear about it yeah so like I think that's that's a fun thing for me I'm looking forward to is is helping other people with their careers and sort of helping them progress
1: I think that's a cool attitude to have because almost like a recognition that you're going to hire people and Probably, you know, you're going to nurture them and grow, and they're probably going to fly the nest. Essentially, yeah. And you?
0: I think, I think there's, there's the acceptance of that. So when I started pushing personal brand two and a half three years ago for myself, there was a perception. It's like, well, we don't want our employees yeah. to g- to get too much attention because what if they get offered another job or you know, competitors start sniffing around. And I, I had that. I had a lot of recruitment businesses who were DMing me and asking, "Oh, are you looking for a new role?" And it's like. No, but it's sort of the business needs to be comfortable with your employees bettering themselves. And if you're treating them right, they'll probably stay. Yeah. If they don't, they've already done a good job for you. Yeah, so yeah. wish them well. I had a really interesting um,
1: sort of case with that. So when I started doing my personal branding, I had an employee at the time, and I just I wanted her to kind of embrace the personal branding because I thought... Twofold. One, it would be amazing for her to build her own pot, you know, portfolio yeah, and, yeah. and identity. She was in cybersecurity, so massively uh, aging, male, white yeah. society, you know, industry. And I was like, what, you know, what an opportunity! Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, selfishly for the business, it's like great because it's another voice for the yeah, business. Yeah. But she didn't want it. And I was surprised at that, and, but, yeah. but it, not everyone does either. That like some but people that, don't. That's people
0: people's choice. I think if everyone for everyone wanted oh to grow and imagine um, LinkedIn would be rent horrend- yeah. well worse yeah, yeah worse <laughs> um, yeah no one would ever have a job would they no because we'd all be working for ourselves we're all shouting about ourselves <laughs> yeah um, definitely
1: the bit you mentioned earlier I think about kind of helping people you mentioned about kind of people who maybe exit a business that's kind of my position yeah so obviously I sold my business last year I've been building go which people have heard me talk about on podcast before for
0: over a year now and it's, it's a taken- long time to do something in the shadows isn't
1: it? yeah do you know what it's taken me way longer than it should have done because it's a pet project and it's something i yeah i, I, I like love doing mm-hmm. but it's not cash incentive yeah i've spent way too much money on it um funny story for anyone listening it was going to launch today it's not going to be tomorrow for technical reasons um but, my drive behind that is I actually genuinely want it I wanted to build a platform that will help people yeah, yeah. and a, a particular you know, start it's built for startup founders to help them kind of have the tools that I wish I'd had when I started now, yeah, yeah if it launches and people tell me it's shit, good yeah because yeah. I'll rewrite it and I'll do make it better yeah because yeah. like the point is it's got to be something that's holds value to the people mm. that use it yeah I, I don't know i I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. like I, last year i've got a lot of satisfaction now taking time out to speak to people in startup positions yeah i dread to think how
0: many hours i've just been on the phone with people and yeah just because i enjoy it the thing is you, you not being money motivated not being like short-term cash rich it's you're pushing a longer term strategy which ultimately will work better you'll be that attitude will help build community. And if you build a community which engages, pays for the products, and sort of helps the thing grow, ultimately it's going to be more successful. Hopefully. So, I mean, I, yeah,
1: the proof will be in the pudding. It, it might
0: flop. And I, I'll be disappointed if it does, because, I, you know, I, I will... I am, um, before I launched uh, Voir Agency, um, when I was on furlough, I did I did a, a post which I said, you know, loads of people have been made redundant uh, because of COVID. And I was like... I was on furlough, so I wasn't able to do anything. So I was like, "Anyone who wants help with their personal brand to help them get jobs, give me a shout, and I'll help you." And I had like quite a few people reach out, and I worked with about four or five people. And I was like, "This is great," but like building, imagine building a business where I'm helping unemployed people. It's not really a great market to be asking (laughs) for cash, is it? Not, Um, not. but like you you can, your idea can sort of evolve and move. Of course, it can, and whatever. But you said to me about sort of moving it for, from startup to sort of growth. Uh,
1: yeah, and that's a good starting, and it's going to be aimed at people starting. I think the community will satisfy people who are growing. Yeah, But then, you know, as it, as it evolves, how can it be a platform and potentially even, you know, a, a workplace if people are based in Manchester to scale? Yeah. Because I think that's interesting because that's the bit I like. And I think yeah, I don't know. It will be interesting to see how it evolves and it'll be largely led by
0: the community. Hopefully there is one on there. Um in terms of what they want, because that's the point of it. Well, I think the community comes from doing things of value for them and things yeah. like the podcasts and stuff like that, you know, you're doing it without without an ask. So, you know, hopefully that builds rapport, builds community, and you know, you're gonna attract the right people. Hopefully.
1: Yeah, time will tell.
0: But you go. if it's shit, it's shit and I apologise. Well, if it's shit, you know, it's well, going to do the next thing, don't you? Uh,
1: yeah, well, I think it's one of them. It's 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 a passion project of mine. So no matter how
0: it does, I will iterate yeah. and make it be what it needs to be for people. Well, I always think like, the work that I'm doing now for clients when, you know, a client's post is amazing and they get inbound leads and all that sort of stuff. I, I proper buzz off it. Yeah. I love, like, the creative element of creating the content and all that stuff. And, like, would I do it for free? Maybe like for a bit like but yeah do do you know what i mean but like i actually love the work and like if i love the work and i'm really passionate about it and when i speak to clients they can feel that like it's not going to feel like work and if it doesn't feel like work, you've got a good chance it might become something good correct i think so true and i think that if you don't feel like that it's just gonna it's gonna be tough to push yourself to do those things yeah yeah like i just really enjoy what i'm doing right now and it's like if it's not as successful as, as I'd like it to be yet, like so be it. I'm still every day I wake up and I'm like, this is cool. I see at home writing jokes with my dog. Like, this is cool, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. if you are building
1: your own personal brand, and this goes for anyone who's building a personal brand, it will serve you for the test of time. Yeah. You know, don't get banned from the platform and it'll yeah. serve you the test of time. Yeah, I've been close, but not quite. Yeah, not but, yet. I've been uh, yeah banned for 24 hours, but they let me back in. So there you go. I'll try and behave yeah. now. Sorry. <laughs> That's Scott Millwood, founder of Voir Agency. Personal branding can be a powerful tool for people when growing a startup. We live in an age where more than ever, people want to connect with people. By utilizing personal branding, startups can build following, communities, and ultimately drive both credibility and revenue thanks for listening to this episode. Please do remember to subscribe and of course, please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help. You can join GoFounder, our community of startup founders completely for free over at gofounder.com. A special thanks to Scott and of course to you for listening to Business Nobs from GoFounder.